Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. Hey, today is a special edition of Rudy Maxa's World because we've taken the show on the road. I mean on the road. I'm coming to you this weekend from the lobby of the David Intercontinental Hotel just off the beach in the Mediterranean Sea here in Tel Aviv, Israel. This hour, you're going to get to know a side of Israel that might surprise you. While two-thirds of Israel's tourists each year come to view biblical sites, and there are certainly plenty of those, others visit for the history, the music, the cuisine, and the mild weather. And Tel Aviv is the capital of those pursuits. Israel enjoys one of the highest life expectancy rates in the world. The average Israeli lives to 82, trailing only behind folks in Japan, Hong Kong, and Switzerland. Israel invented drip irrigation, which allowed deserts to bloom worldwide. That helps explain why Israel's agricultural output over the past quarter century has increased sevenfold, with hardly any increase in the amount of water used. Cherry tomatoes were invented here, as was the epilady and the computer firewall. In fact, Israel has one of the world's highest percentages per capita of home computers. And this is a sunny country, as befits a place with miles of beaches on the Mediterranean. The average monthly rainfall in Israel is 1.6 inches a month. Bring your sunblock if you're coming to visit. Israel's a small country. It's only about one-sixth of one percent of the land mass of the Middle East. It's about the size of, get this, Lake Michigan or Vancouver Island. But it's home to about seven and a half million people. About half of them live in the metropolitan area of Tel Aviv, where I'm sitting now. We're about uh, 55 kilometers from Jerusalem, whose metro area counts more in-town residents than Tel Aviv. But as locals will tell you, the difference between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv is striking. While every corner of this country has a story to tell, and there are often slightly different takes on that story, depending if you're talking to a Christian, Jew, or a Muslim, Tel Aviv is more cosmopolitan, a secular city compared to Jerusalem. Here the nightlife is fast and furious, world-class restaurants are plentiful, and skyscrapers are on the horizon. A variety of lifestyles are tolerated, or is tolerated, in Tel Aviv that might not be so welcome in other cities. As locals say, Jerusalem prays, Tel Aviv plays. We're going to talk in a few minutes with the editor of Time Out Israel about exactly how Tel Aviv plays. We'll also meet a member of one of Israel's hottest rock groups called A Collective. Hey, Israel is the birthplace of Gene Simmons of Kiss, so it's only natural that rock would thrive here. And Leon Avogad is known as one of the hippest hoteliers in this big city. I intend to ask him exactly what that means. And just south, down the central coast from Tel Aviv, is the town of Holon. Holon? Holon. There you'll find a relatively new design museum called simply the Design Museum Holon. It's an architecturally striking headquarters for what Israel hopes will be in the forefront of design for the entire nation. We'll meet one of the museum's executives. So we've got a very full menu this hour. Uh, the background noise you hear is, of course, we're coming to you from the lobby of the David Intercontinental in Tel Aviv. So we've got guests checking in and checking out. We've got a wedding going on here today as well. So it's a busy place. Let's start, as we always do, with a little look at uh, this week's news in travel. Well, it's very rare that an aircraft decompresses and oxygen masks drop down to allow passengers to breathe. It only happens an average of 70 times per year in the U.S. But studies show that at an altitude of 40,000 feet, passengers lose consciousness without adequate oxygen in 15 to 20 seconds, which is why the FAA this week 
said it wants airlines to put oxygen back in the lavatories of planes. Now, years ago, the FAA ordered airlines to remove the generators from lavatories because they could be used to start a fire. Now the fear is if oxygen is suddenly needed, someone in the lavatory wouldn't make it back to his or her seat in time to grab a mask. The agency hoped manufacturers would be able to design a secure system in a couple of years, but that hasn't happened. And until it does, the FAA says it won't require airlines to outfit lavatories with oxygen. Before we begin our tour of Israel, I want to tell you something about the cuisine in this town. I began visiting this country in the 70s. In September of 1978, President Jimmy Carter holed up in Camp David with the leaders of Egypt and Israel to hammer out what became known as the Camp David Accords. That peace treaty ended 30 years of conflict between the two countries, Egypt and uh, Israel. And Jordan, for that matter, I think. Now, while the president and Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin began, or were meeting, I accompanied the president's sister, the evangelist Ruth Carter Stapleton, on a swing through Egypt, Israel, and Jordan as a Washington Post reporter. I was assigned to profile Ruth Carter Stapleton for a Sunday magazine piece. And I can tell you, food was not the highlight of that trip. But that's all changed now. When I landed here Wednesday night, I dined at a restaurant on the new waterfront at, of Jaffa, one of, Jaffa, excuse me, one of the world's oldest ports, and the neighborhood from which Tel Aviv grew. The restaurant is called Jonah, and I was blown away by the food. Now, keep in mind, at its heart, Israelis enjoy a Mediterranean diet. So dinner started with a dazzling array of fresh salads and vegetables, finely chopped tomatoes and cucumbers, sardines seasoned with pistachios and tarragon, served sizzling in a terracotta bowl, as well as shrimp cooked with artichokes and macadamia nuts. And dinner involved a perfect fish grilled with garlic and rosemary. The next night, I dined at the city's second former port, this one on the other side of town. It, too, sported renovated warehouses with dozens of bars, clubs, and restaurants. I dined at a restaurant called Yona, which means buoy in Hebrew. And again, a spread of salads along with hummus and tahini began the meal. Deep-fried crispy cauliflower and a hot chili sauce is the house's favorite starter. Fried calamari and anchovies arrived with mildly spicy sauces as well. The menu at Yona is largely Italian. I ordered pasta with veggies as a main course. I was surprised at the size of vegetables that accompanied the pasta, but keep in mind that Israel produces about 95% of the food it consumed. It's a very, uh, very uh, veritable cornucopia of fresh vegetables and fruit. Desserts at both restaurants, if you're into desserts, uh, feature rich dark chocolate offerings uh, as well as ice creams. Now, before I departed for Israel, I got to tell you, a friend of mine who'd been here 10 years ago said I should pack some power bars and peanut butter because the food was so disappointing. He couldn't have been more wrong. With immigrants from 120 countries, men and women bringing their own cuisine, the choices here are almost unlimited. On Friday morning, I strolled through the so-called White City. It's a World Heritage Site that protects the more than 4,000 Bauhaus-designed buildings in Israel, or in Tel Aviv. From Tel Aviv's main avenue called Rothschild Boulevard, with its tree-shaded promenade and beautiful homes on each side, we crossed into what they call the Soho of Tel Aviv, a neighborhood of charming restaurants and shops and two-story residents called Nevetzedek. Along with the expensive apartments and funky chic eateries, an elderly man wearing a yarmulke sells, sold one principal product out of a hole-in-the-wall street-front shop. It's a Yemeni specialist called Dubayal. It's a crunchy chickpea snack you'll find in Yemen and in India and in Tel Aviv as well. Jews from Ethiopia, Russia, and Eastern Europe, Morocco, India, South America, and Asia offer imp uh, often imported their favorite dishes. And over the years, those cuisines have crossed over ethnic lines to form a whole new Tel Aviv men menu. Frankly, i got to tell you, I'd visit here just for dinner. We're going to get a little smarter about the local cuisine in our second hour when a chef drops by to discuss dinners. Uh, but first, we're going to ask, why are people in Tel Aviv having more fun than the rest of us? 
Well, we'll find that out as well. Uh, last night, by the way, two nights, by the way, was something called White Nights here. It's, a, it's an event that was borrowed from Paris. It started the White Nights phenomenon about 10 years ago. Art galleries are open all night. Restaurants are open at night. Bars are open till late. Well, they are here anyway. And so the town was chock-a-block with folks partying uh, uh, into very late in the night. This is a very active city. I can't stress enough that Tel Aviv is a place that would be very eye-opening. I talked with some people about in the States before I left about their misconceptions of Israel. We're going to tackle some of those this hour as well. Anyway, coming right up, we're going to find out why people here in Tel Aviv have more fun than you and I do. Don't go away. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com slash stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. My name is Jennifer. I'm 44, and I lost weight with the Amberin program. My name is Kim. I'm 47, and I lost weight with the Amberin program. I'm Jane. I'm 52, and I lost a ton of weight with the Amberin program. Even my belly fat is gone, and it was so easy. Thousands of women over 40 who used to struggle with weight gain are having incredible success with the Amberin program. That's because Amberin focuses on hormonal balance. The leading cause of weight gain in women over 40, especially during menopause, is hormonal imbalance. Until you balance your hormones, losing weight can be practically impossible. But the Amberin program balances your hormones naturally, making losing weight surprisingly easy. Plus, Amberin eliminates other symptoms of unbalanced hormones, like hot flashes, irritability, and sleeplessness. Call in the next 15 minutes to receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a 30-day supply free. Call 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. 1-800-525-2563. Come discover the hottest restaurant and nightlife scene in the Mediterranean. Explore recently unearthed treasures of antiquity in a land steeped in history. Shop until you drop in markets both new and old, designer and vintage. Go adventuring by foot, bike, surfboard, or ski, and sample some of the finest wines on earth. Each year, more and more Americans are discovering the unexpected pleasures and the vacations of a lifetime in Israel. To learn more, visit GoIsrael.com or go to RudyMaxa.com. There's a little bit of Israel in all of us. Come find the Israel in you. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's about 18 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. This segment of the program is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. We all know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling. I can attest to that. If and when it does, protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. The company provides the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency, even a situation such as social or political unrest. 
that would be political unrest. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage or legal woes, On Call International gives you the help you need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. More info at OnCallInternational.com, or you can log on to the radio show's website, RudyMaxa.com. Scroll down on that homepage and look under sponsors. Now, you hear some background noise here, just a little different than our usual show, because I'm coming to you live, if you just tuned in, from the David Intercontinental Hotel in downtown Tel Aviv, Israel. Sort of downtown. We're on the edge of downtown. We're right on the edge of the Mediterranean, by the way. A gorgeous site. And I'm uh, joined by my first guest. Her name is Eliana Barrell, and she is the editor of Time Out Israel. If you travel or if you live in a big city, you're familiar with the, with the uh, chain of Time Out guides specific to each destination. They're terrific uh, uh, magazines, really. They're monthly uh, to pick up and, and use if you're a visitor or new to a city to find out what's going on and what's hot. And, uh, what, who's in, who's out, who's up, who's down. Eliana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, your accent is... American. Because you are not from Tel Aviv. <laughs> no, I'm from just outside of Los Angeles. And how did you wind up here as editor of Time Out Tel Aviv? Um, I was actually traveling with my best friend two and a half years ago. And uh, we were traveling in Israel and in Europe. And when we came back, we were supposed to take our flights back to Los Angeles. And out then, of LL? I mean, yeah. excuse me, out of Tel Aviv. Out of Tel Aviv, and I decided to stay. I just uh, didn't take my ticket back. And you got a job at Time Out eventually? I did. Well, it, actually, I got very lucky. Um, I started freelance writing mm -hmm. from the beginning, and uh, I asked if there were any jobs available, and they said no, there wouldn't be because it's a very small team. Right. And within two weeks, um, the deputy editor was going back to New York, and they asked me to... Um, Take his, take his. And position. how long was that? How long ago was that? Uh, that was two. two. Bas basically, as soon as I, I arrived, as soon as I started, two and a half years ago. Okay, so you you've gotten to know Tel Aviv very well, obviously, editing mm -hmm. a magazine that tells you about what's going on in, in Tel Aviv. If you, and I'm sure you do, if you when you go back to the states, you must meet people at uh, dinner or at a party or at a public place who say, "What the heck is Tel Aviv like?" Uh -huh. What do you say to them? How do you encapsulate the spirit and uh, and and vibrancy of the city? It's a very good question. Um, a, Tel Aviv feels a lot like any beach community that you would travel to, like Barcelona or Venice Beach even. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of people here who have a very relaxed energy and they love to go out and eat, go out and party, go out and just do things in general. Everyone is always out. Um, I'm sure you've noticed. I have noticed. And coming from a Los Angeles native, you would know about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Where did you grow up in L.A.? Which I, I grew up in Palos Verdes, so outside of okay. L.A. suburb. Okay. But you spent some time beach in the beach. Beach city, yeah. Right. Major beach, beach city. And did you, when you moved here, were you taken by the city immediately, or did it take a, time, a while to grow on you? Actually, my, my parents are both Israeli, but they met in Los Angeles, so yeah. I had been here many times before. I see. And I never in a million years thought that I would end up here. But um, the, last, the last visit really made, a, made an impression on me, and I decided to stay. And are, are you a nightlife type? Not at all. 
<laughs> not at yeah, all. Even though your magazine covers it extensively. Yes, they do. And that's um, we have some very good freelance writers who are, who are night owls. And, um, you know, they're up until the wee hours of the morning and they take care of that. But I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I'm really much more into going to dance performances and uh, film screenings and fashion shows. And, and stuff there are like a lot that. of those here, aren't there? Yes, there are. I see from reading Time Out uh, Tel Aviv. Um, what it's actually Time Out Israel. There's oh, time, it's Time Out Israel, that's time, right. Well, Time Out Tel Aviv is in Hebrew, and it comes out weekly. And Time Out Israel, it covers the whole country, and it's in English, and it's uh, monthly. Thank you. I've had it in my hand for the last several days I've uh -huh. been here, and I've, I've not looked closely enough at the, at the uh, title. Um, what do you find, again, among Americans, since you grew up in the United States and return, I'm sure, every once in a while, uh, what do you find are the most common misconceptions about, let's say, Israel generally? Um, I think, and also being here for the last couple of years, a lot of people just assume that everything that they see on TV and read about in the newspaper is correct. And I don't think until you actually spend a significant amount of time here or... How about two days in Tel Aviv? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I have friends who have come to visit, and they thought that I was absolutely crazy to, to come and stay here. And They expect after, to see machine gun police on the street yeah. corners and, and people they, throwing stones. And, they expect to see violence and mm -hmm. uh, war, and it's it's really not that way. I mean, when you're, when you're in Tel Aviv, living in Tel Aviv, it's like, it's the exact opposite. It feels, especially when you go, you know, when you just go into the center of the city and you see how vibrant it is. Um, people, people are definitely aware of it and it is in, it's in the fabric of, of the country here, but it is not, it's not this day-to-day -day, um, worry. My guest is Eliana Barrel. She is the editor of Time Out Israel. And are you also the editor of Time Out? Uh, no. You're not, no, okay. No. Uh, Time Out Israel, which is an English publication. You'll see it at the airport, actually, when you land at Ben Gurion Airport here in Tel Aviv. Do pick up a copy, believe me. Um, I will tell you that uh, it's been a long time since I've been in Israel, and I have been doing nothing but prowling around the city for two and a half days now. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen a single soldier. I saw one woman in military uniform this morning going to a coffee shop, but carrying no weapon uh -huh. that I could see. Uh, and, and as you say, there is a very beach community vibe to this that I think would stun American visitors. Yeah, I um, agree. Because the coverage of Israel is so political in American papers and so constant, um, you don't often read about, oh, say, a great restaurant opening in Tel Aviv mm -hmm. or, or the uh, description of the diversity of cuisine offered in this town. Um, any kind of cuisine that you find that you were surprised to find here? I, I mean, I love Israeli food in particular. That's, mo I mean, I love food in general. But um, Israeli food, a lot of home cooking, Moroccan uh, influences. Um, that's my favorite here. But nothing, nothing that I was very surprised about. There's a, there's a really good range. And and this is like any big city, a town of neighborhoods, isn't it? Yes. Um, and. And these neighborhoods range from ones that are architecturally distinctive mm -hmm. uh, to older neighborhoods where you can't build a building more than two stories high with a third story setback, maybe. Uh, how's the shopping? The <laughs> shopping is really, the shopping is surprising here. Um, you can find anything from, you know, H&M and Forever 21 to very, very distinct boutique Israeli designers, which that, that was the surprising part. There's a lot of talent in the fashion world here. We had our first um, Tel Aviv Fashion Week 
this year. And uh, Roberto Cavalli came to be the... the um, Name. The yeah, the name on the first runway show. Um, and it's, it's growing and it's really exciting. Does it, I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't matter to me, but I notice a distinct lack of star, uh, Starbucks. They, ha they tried to have Starbucks here and it didn't work. Aroma is our Starbucks. Uh -huh. I notice a lot of other coffee shops yes. as well. Yes. And coffee seems to be a major preoccupation here as it is in yes. so many American cities now. Yes, I, people just love, I think going and having a coffee is more associated with just having a break and people definitely love to do that and go and socialize. So. And in many of the McDonald's, the, the, they serve kosher only. You're not going to yes. find a cheeseburger there, correct? Yes. Okay. And they opened a McDonald's at Masada this year. No. Yes. Uh, maybe you should explain what Masada is. Um, Masada is, you can, I think you, you may be able to explain Well, Masada is a site outside of Jerusalem, not, not close here to Tel Aviv necessarily, but probably about a three-hour away, that is famous. It's, it's, it's um, I guess, how it, a mountain with sort of a flat top, mm -hmm. and it's where uh, Jews held out for a really long time against a military siege that didn't have a happy ending, but it's, it's certainly... Um, a story oft told and a place if you come to Israel you must visit. Masada yeah. really moved me. I found it very impressive. It's so one of are, are the number one uh, sites, in the sites to visit. Are yeah. you telling me that there's a McDonald's yeah, I think Masada? They built a small one. I mean, should I be apologizing? <laughs> yes, as a, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I should be apologizing that but it I, actually... But I guess if there's a demand for it. Yeah. But I got to tell you, if you come to Israel, you know, no disrespect to Starbucks who isn't here and McDonald's who is, there is so much great food here in so many restaurants that you don't need that stuff. Eliana, I really, uh, Eliana, excuse me. Um, Eliana. Eliana. Eliana Barrell. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank Lovely you. to have you here at Rudy Max's World. Uh, do you see a life here? Yeah, actually, um, I just got engaged. So <laughs> it's Congratulations. Uh, I'm here to stay. To a local man? Um, he's Belgian and Israeli, and um, now I just need to get my family and best friends over here. United Colors of Benetton when the kids come. We'll be right back in Rudy <laughs> Max's World. Rudy Max's World is coming right back, so get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Hey folks, how will you get home if a riot or natural disaster happens while traveling? If you're like me, you'll have membership with On Call International. On the phone is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Mike, tell us about this coverage. On Call International's deluxe membership includes all the great benefits of our annual membership, but also covers emergency evacuation due to earthquakes, volcanoes, political riots, military coups, and more. Folks, save 30% off your membership today with the code RMAXA30 at OnCallInternational.com. Get in the zone! Keeping an engine running clean and efficient is the best way to help maximize mileage. And regular oil changes are the best way to do it. Now at AutoZone, get a 5-plus quart jug of Pennzoil conventional motor oil and a Fram Extra Guard oil filter for just $21.99. Or upgrade to Pennzoil high mileage oil for just a few dollars more. See store for restrictions and details. And for more gas-saving tips, get to AutoZone today. Parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back. It's about 33 minutes after the hour. We're coming to you live from the David Intercontinental Hotel in Tel Aviv, Israel. What a special treat. And we're right in the lobby of the hotel, so you're going to hear some background uh, uh, background sounds. There's a wedding going on in the Sunset, I think it's called the Sunset Bar. Uh, Zabar Mitzvah later, but we're going to miss that. Let me just tell you, this segment of the show is brought to you by our friends at Travel Guard. It's a chartist company, a worldwide leader in travel insurance. Travel Guard provides products and services to millions of travelers around the globe, helping leisure and business travelers alike solve problems and manage risks. And right now, if you visit TravelGuard.com forward slash stories, you can read the newest story in a series of true travel tales and be eligible to win a new Kindle. You know, every year, Travel Guard receives thousands of stories from its travelers about their experiences on the road. And in the latest one, a woman with scary symptoms while on a trip to the Mediterranean. Whoa, we're right outside the Mediterranean here. Finds herself fearing the worst. You can find out the true story and what happened, just a couple sentences long, and have a chance to win a Kindle if you visit TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. There's a lot of music going on here in Israel, and there's also a lot of music in English, not just in Hebrew. And I'm delighted to be joined by the two lead singers of a group called A Collective. It's one of the hottest groups here in Israel. I'll give you a website in a minute where you can listen to some of their tunes. I've listened to about six of them, and I like them a whole lot. I'm joined by uh, Idan Rabinovich. Yep. And Roy Reek, have I got it right? Yep. Hi, Roy. Hi, Ivan. Uh, nice to have you here. Nice to nice to be uh, here. You guys, you guys have been childhood friends. You're a group of seven. I just want to. We always have limited time. I'm going to tell our listeners what I've already heard. Seven. You've been playing together for several years. Your latest album is called Onwards. Onwards. Yep. Just came out, or it came, it recently came out. Um, is 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 are English groups or groups that are singing in English, excuse me, are you segregated to certain radio stations for airplay or are you mixed in with Hebrew rock groups as well? Uh, I, think, I think it depends and it's changed a bit over the last couple of years. But there used to be a pretty, uh, it wasn't a strict divide. It was just kind of, I guess, the, the demands of the market. Right. Um, so it was difficult to, to get um, things that weren't mainstream pop just aired on, on radio stations. But over the last... I'd say five years. There's been uh, there's been an I mean an increase both in the amount of English-speaking bands, but it's not only uh, a matter of, of of the language spoken or, or sung in. It's, uh, it has a lot to do, I think, with the, the music that takes place and the whole alternative genre in Israel. Uh, and a lot of it was pretty much a like a grassroots movement. Um, there were lots of artists that were touring around the country, and the demand for for music kind of increased, especially to other genres that weren't. No, as Edan, acceptable. Edan, you sound as if you have an American accent. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. Okay. But you grew up here? Uh, I, grew, oh, I grew up here, but I, I was born... Well, I was born here, I flew to San Francisco when I was a kid, and then I moved back here when I was about seven. Okay. How many... This is probably a... It is a naive question, but you would know the answer better than I. Just take Tel Aviv. How, what percentage would you guess, uh, uh, Mr. Reek, that uh, speaks English? I would say that most of the people in Tel Aviv speak English. 87.3. Yeah, 87 point, <laughs> may, maybe 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5. It's well, there, that's an answer for you. Um, that, uh, Roy, so, so, you don't, so your music isn't necessarily um, unreachable. No, I think uh, well, to, the pub, we, to, to everybody. I think it's also a matter of the the kind of music that we we try to do. That is, uh, it's not just a, a question of language. It's also, but we come from my, each one of us. Uh, all seven come from different uh, genres and musical backgrounds. Right. So, 
you get one. Idan, Idan started out as a classical piano player. I, I started out from the blues. I, 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 so I, how would you, we're going to listen to a cut in just a moment. How, how would you describe your music to someone who have not, who's not heard it? How would we describe yeah, chaos? Yeah. chaos. <laughs> oh, it's not chaos. It's very <laughs> precise, actually. Oh, it's controlled, controlled chaos, precise well, chaos. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to uh, just a, you know, 40 seconds of, of one of the cuts. Do you know what song we're, we're playing here? I think it's uh, Turn to Cry. Okay, can you hit it, Jeff? That does not sound <laughs> least bit chaotic. Well, yeah, yeah. you have to wait. <laughs> yeah, Edan, I, th oh, I think you uh, exaggerated a bit. It's gorgeous music. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, how many albums have you done? Uh, this is, uh, well, Onwards was released about a year ago, so okay. and that, was, that was our first album. We, I mean, growing up together and all of us come from some kind of musical background, so we did a bunch of weird projects under different names, and it used to be like these, it ranged from spontaneous recording sessions of utter nonsense to, you know, fully, fully, uh, I don't know, developed projects. But as a collective, we only have one album and we're working on our next one. All right. I want to give out this website. There's only about 20 seconds left, but it is uh, joinacollective.com, right? Exactly. Joinacollective.com. And you could listen to some of the cuts, which I think are, are, are just gorgeous. Um, Roy, oh gosh, we've got so little, little time <laughs> left. Um, have you found your music going beyond the borders of Israel? Yeah, yeah. We just came back from a tour in the States. Oh, terrific. We toured for a month. We started out at South by Southwest Festival. Very cool place to begin. Yeah, and we toured the whole Bible Belt. It was great. <laughs> we finished it in the Georgia Music Festival. Which, uh, Savannah. 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 Sorry, yeah. And well, you enjoy yourself in, in the States? Uh, yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Oh, we got, great. We living in a van and eating fast food. Call time. now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. My name is Jennifer. I'm 44, and I lost weight with the Amberin program. My name is Kim. I'm 47, and I lost weight with the Amberin program. I'm Jane. I'm 52, and I lost a ton of weight with the Amberin program. Even my belly fat is gone, and it was so easy. Thousands of women over 40 who used to struggle with weight gain are having incredible success with the Amberin program. That's because Amberin focuses on hormonal balance. The leading cause of weight gain in women over 40, especially during menopause, is hormonal imbalance. Until you balance your hormones, losing weight can be practically impossible. But the Amberin program balances your hormones naturally, making losing weight surprisingly easy. Plus, Amberin eliminates other symptoms of unbalanced hormones, like hot flashes, irritability, and sleeplessness. Call in the next 15 minutes to receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a 30-day supply free. Call 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. 1-800-525-2563. And now, Geico presents 30 Seconds with Maxwell the Pig. Um, Maxwell. 
You're on. Cool. And so you just want me to read the script? You don't want me to do the Wii thing? Okay. Today, I'm going to talk about the new Geico mobile app and um, how you can manage your policy and get your ID card and customize it with your favorite Geico character. But I'm not yelling Wii or anything because um, they don't want me to, right? Correct. Okay. Just saying it's my thing. Everything you love about Geico, now mobile. Download the new Geico app today. Get in the zone! Prices at the pump are tough to take right now, but the experts at AutoZone have advice to make saving gas as easy as one, two, three. One, keep your tires properly inflated. Two, perform a simple tune-up. And three, pour in a bottle of fuel system cleaner. Doing these three simple things can help make a real difference so you can stretch out the time between fill-ups and stretch your gas dollars further. Come on into AutoZone today for even more gas-saving tips because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. This is Dan Tullis, and I just called Joel Clark, one of Select Quote Insurance Services' term life agents. Hi, Mr. Tullis. Joel, how does Select Quote save you money on term life insurance? Well, buying term life insurance is all about choosing the right company. Let's say you take antidepressants or you smoke. All insurance companies are going to price that differently. We'll impartially shop all the companies we represent to find you the best price. Can you give me an example? Sure. I just got a man, 40 years old, who takes blood pressure medication, a $500,000 policy with a highly rated insurance company. His price, $21 a month. Call 1-800-914-2995 and see how affordable term life insurance can be. That's 1-800-914-2995. 1-800-914-2995. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 43 after the hour. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the lobby. That's the noise you hear in the background. People are checking in and out here. The David Intercontinental Hotel. Just a few steps off the beach as they travel brochures uh, from the Mediterranean in downtown Tel Aviv, Israel. You know, we take the show on the road probably only four or five times a year. We really try to choose our destinations carefully, and this is one exciting destination. Um, if you've never been to Israel, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal place. We're going to try to impress you with that over the course of the the show about two-thirds of the travelers who come here uh, come for a religious re to visit religious uh, sites for biblical reasons but we're sort of looking at Tel Aviv which is a much more uh, secular cosmopolitan city and I want to talk to an American who's lived here uh, to find out a little bit about what he f he has learned from living here and what misperceptions he thinks some Americans have about this destination. My guest is Ross Belfer. He uh, works here as a public relations executive. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rudy. And you are from? I am originally from New Jersey, the Jersey Shore. Great place. And how long have you lived here? I've lived here for a little less than one year. I gather you had visited over the years from time to time. I have. I've been here uh, many times. The first time when I was nine years old, so that was my brother's bar mitzvah. Uh, and since then, I've been uh, almost every year for the past six years to uh, visit friends, enjoy the nightlife, enjoy the beach, um, really uh, visit this place that I think is uh, one of the best in the world. Your parents didn't love you enough to have your bar mitzvah in Israel? They didn't. Apparently not. They, they weren't Jersey? really. A Jersey bar mitzvah? A Jersey bar mitzvah, of all places, right? We know who mom and dad liked the most, then, I guess. <laughs> 
older brother. The older brother. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He always gets the, they always get the first stuff. All right. Uh, I said in the introduction that I wanted to know, first of all, what surprised you moving here? Um, there's really a lot of differences, but um, one of the which that people don't understand is that Tel Aviv is a, is a very, very open society. It's a very warm place, and Israelis in general, um, they'll stop you on the street. They'll ask you where you're from. They'll want to bring you to their favorite place. Maybe they'll even get invited to uh, Shabbat dinner with their parents. So um, it's, a, it's, a really, um, it's a different kind of atmosphere than, than most cities I've been to and really uh, made me fall in love with this place. And you're right on the beach as well. I, I think Americans don't think of Israel as being a beach community, or Tel Aviv as being a beach community. It certainly is. It absolutely is. Um, I, pretty much anywhere you're in the city, uh, wherever you live, you're almost ten, less than 10 minutes from the beach. I live uh, a three-minute walk, a one-and-a-half-minute bike ride, um, and it's, it's extremely accessible. And even during the winter when it's you know, cold and snowy in the States here, you have 60 degrees, you have sunshine, you can go swimming in the sea. So, so it sounds like Southern California. It's actually, I've been told that Tel Aviv and San Diego are the same uh, latitude line. So that there's a very similar weather pattern. And it's really a pretty beach and a pretty sea, the Mediterranean. Pretty beach, uh, especially now, it's uh, just summer's just kicking off. So it's uh, really perfect weather to go for a swim. The water's warm, but also refreshing. So... Uh, well, as I, again, said in the introduction, I, I'm interested in how Americans perceive Israel and what misperceptions you might think they have, because you are both an American and now a, a resident here for a couple of years. Um, we've already touched on one. I mean, beach community, Tel Aviv. Exactly. Well, what, what other misconceptions do you find when you go home when people say, oh, you live in Tel Aviv? That must be fill in the blanks. Well, the, one of the biggest things, I mean, when I first came here, people were saying, oh, you know, be careful. You know, you're going to a, a place where there's been a lot of conflict, but what I've experienced here is that Tel Aviv, you, you don't feel anything like that. You don't see any kind of military. You don't see any type of uh, situations that you can be afraid. For instance, I feel safer walking around here than I would in, in New York City where I lived for four years. So I'd agree with that. Um, people here really look out for each other. Um, they take time to, to make you feel at home. Um, and that really has been the big difference for me being here. It's, it, it was a really easy transition. And I know there, I mean, I, you know, I should have looked this up, I, but, it, but I know a couple of years ago there was an explosion outside a cafe. I mean, it happens. Yes. But uh, as I've said to friends, uh, a um, World Trade Center, uh, Oklahoma City, you know, it happens, you can't predict it. It happens everywhere. And if I said to an American, oh, you don't want to go to Oklahoma City, I mean, that's a danger. You exactly. Know? And that was a tragedy of enormous proportions compared to events here in recent history. Yeah, I mean, Tel Aviv, I, I think it's even been longer. I think it's been like six or seven years since anything serious has happened. And, I mean, one can only hope for, uh, you know, peace, uh, in, peace in the region and here. But, um I mean, it's a very safe place. I, I've never felt any type of danger. I, I don't feel anything like that. So, um, you know, and you, and you enjoy life here. I enjoy uh, life very much. Um, it's the difference from here in New York is you have the same action, you have the same energy, you have the creative spirit of a city, but you don't have that overwhelming pressure like you do in New York to be here or go to this next place or what's new, what's that. Tel Aviv is the kind of place where you just kind of stumble into things and, and the good time is, is to be had everywhere you go. So it's a really, uh, it's a special time to, to be here for sure. Ross Belfer is a New York transplant here to Tel Aviv. I wanted to talk to an American about his perception of this place and America's perception of this place. Ross, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Rudy. It's a pleasure. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. We'll be back in just a moment right here on the SSI Radio Network. Don't go away. We've got more Tel Aviv coming. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. 
This segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Service Magic. Now you can hire pre-screened home pros with confidence for repairs, remodeling, plumbing needs, maid services, and so much more. Visit www.homebuild411.servicemagic.com. That's homebuild411.servicemagic.com. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. We're coming to you from the lobby of the David Intercontinental Hotel in Tel Aviv, Israel. We've taken the show on the road, and I mentioned at the top of the hour that I had the pleasure um, earlier today of walking through a neighborhood that is famous for many of its Bauhaus-style buildings. Um, this town is, is filled with them. There are about 4,000, I'm told. And, uh, of course, that style of architecture was very popular. At one point, function over form. Um, and... Uh, but, but it's not the end of the story. Israel is a very cutting-edge country when it comes to design. And I wanted to talk to the head of external relations for a relatively new design museum in the town very near Tel Aviv uh, called Halon. And I looked online at this design center. The building is stunning. I'm going to give you the website at some point. Uh, Eyal DeLeo is, the, uh, is, is an executive with the design museum. And I wanted to talk to him about Israeli design and what this museum hopes to do to advance it. Uh, Mr. DeLeo, thank, uh, well, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hello. Okay. Tell us a little about the, this, this museum. What is on offer there and what is the goal of the museum? Design Museum Cholon uh, was established two and a half years ago by the municipality of Cholon, which is uh, south of Tel Aviv, 15 minutes uh, drive. Uh, it aims to be a center of design in Israel. It's the only design museum in Israel and one of the few design museums in the world. We actually know about 15 or 16 design museums worldwide, and we're very proud to be on this list and hope to be one of the best. The museum uh, aims me, well, to really... Sorry? I was going to ask you to tell me what design museum means. I mean, are you talking fashion? Are you talking graphic arts? Are you talking architectural design? Or is it all of the above? It's definitely all of the above. Uh, in the, the, the short time that we exist and in the limited gallery space that we have, of course, we, we are uh, growing slowly our program and our repertoire. We started uh, with the general industrial design exhibition. Um, we're dealing also with graphic design, and now this summer, actually in a few days, we're going to have a big fashion exhibition, as we see fashion uh, internal part of the design industry. And are the displays all Israel-oriented, or do you bring in design from around the world in some of your shows? No, the, the museum is international and contemporary, meaning that we don't focus solely on Israeli design, and we have... We don't have archival uh, shows, but only contemporary work. Uh, we do have one year, an, an annual uh, Israeli design show, and the rest of the year we have international curators coming to the museum and curating uh, international shows, uh, collective shows. Our show, coming show, it's by Yoshi Yamamoto, the fashion designer, and it will be the first time that we have a solo show in the museum. Focusing for a moment on Israeli design, is this yeah. country a fertile ground, or as fertile ground as I think, for cutting-edge design? Well, absolutely. There, there is. Uh, I mean, we don't really like to talk about what is Israeli design, because uh, today in the global era, 
designers can work everywhere and and, uh, and and deal with the global market. We're trying to focus on Israeli designers, on the people behind the products, and not necessarily about to find out what it is Israeli design. And you can see a lot of influences, you know, if it's from the the climate, the, the weather, or from uh, political issues. Uh, but Israeli designers can also work in London, can also work in New York, and can also work in, in Beijing. No question about that. I do understand that. Uh, what if, yeah. if a visitor were to come here in the next couple of weeks, what would they see at the Holon, uh, or Design Museum Holon? Well, we are very proud to host uh, a unique and original show by the fashion, the Japanese fashion designer Yoji Yamamoto. Uh, it's, a, mm-hmm. uh, it's an exhibition that is really uh, custom-made, site-specific for the uh, building that was designed by the Israeli designer Ron Arad, an architect, and he made the museum. And, and this is actually a very interesting dialogue between Yamamoto's fashion and Ron Arad's architecture. So it will be a magnificent use of the space in order to show Yamamoto's craft and and, uh, and uh, ideas in fashion. And is the museum open six days a week, seven days a week? It's open six days a week. It closes on Sunday, and uh, the exhibition will run until October 20th. All right. Um, I really enjoy, uh, thank you for jo- uh, joining us. Uh, Ayal DeLeo thank is you. the head of external relations for the Design Museum Holon. Uh, Mr. DeLeo, uh, I wish you a great uh, success with your new exhibition, and I look forward to visiting thank your you museum sometime. Looking forward thank to you. working with Meanwhile, if you... Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Meanwhile, if you'd like more information on the museum, I would encourage you just to check this website out to look at the architectural design of the building. It's quite stunning. The website is DMH... Dot org dot il. IL is, a, is the internet designation for Israel. Again, it's dmh.org.il. And I'm going to list that uh, or put a link to that on my Facebook page. And go to Facebook, look for Rudy Maxa TV Show, and you'll find a link there. We're coming to the end of the first hour here in Tel Aviv. we got a whole other hour coming up. If your station stays with us for the second hour, don't go away. We'll be back in about six minutes. If you're going to join us uh, again next week, because this is your last hour. Well, have a lovely week, and I'll see you next weekend. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.